Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today I'm joined by Tim Bream and Dr. Mohamed El-Amir, both from Aviv Clinics, which is located in Florida, and they're going to be discussing the Aviv Clinics model, which is unlike anything I've ever really seen before in the United States. It's a very comprehensive, complete, holistic, interdisciplinary, team-focused approach to healthcare that starts off with a three-day-long assessment of your overall health. That's right. Their first assessment literally takes three days and encompasses everything from medical doctors to physical therapy and exercise physiology and so much more getting a full assessment of your body. So there is a lot that I like in this episode and there's a lot of cool things about what the Aviv clinics are doing. So I'm sure you guys are going to love this episode. Enjoy. Dr. Mo, Tim, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to be working with both of you today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Good afternoon. Yeah, so for people who aren't familiar with the two of you individually, would you mind kind of filling them in a little bit about your backstory? And Tim, if you want to go first, I'd love to hear more about you. All right. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a certified athletic trainer for over 40 years. Went to Penn State University and got my master's at West Virginia. I worked in the college and university sports medicine setting for um, about over 20 years. Um, worked with the Chicago Bears for 19 plus years in the NFL. Uh, I've been here at Aviv for over, for about 15 months. Also worked with the United States Olympic Committee Sports Medicine team. Uh, worked in 1992 Winter Olympics in Albertville, and um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to have great experiences. That's awesome. I mean, I guess I should have asked: Is there anything you haven't done, Tim? It sounds like <laughs> you've done it all, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, been doing it a while. I've been very fortunate the individuals they've got to work with and the opportunities that we've had. So it's been a lot of fun. I was going to say, maybe I shouldn't say this, but you've been in the industry longer than I've been alive, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Mo, how about you? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, I might fall in that category, but I think I was a baby when he started. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good thing. It comes with experience. Um, So yeah, everybody calls me Dr. Mo here in the clinic. um, But uh, I went to Rutgers University. I'm from New Jersey. I uh, also went to St. Matthews University for medical school and then uh, did my training with the Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Internal Medicine Program uh, in the Jersey City campus and eventually opened my own practice in Jersey City, traditional internal medicine practice where I would see patients both in the office and the, uh, in the hospital. Um, eventually got into some athletics and sports medicine with the Jersey City High School Football Association. Um, and then uh, I had my own medical spa as well in Jersey City. And then I joined the Aviv team um, in June of 2020, and I've been here ever since. That's amazing. Again, another guy who's kind of done it all from internal to sports to even just kind of medical spa type stuff. I love that. And, you know, Aviv itself is a very unique program based on what I've read about it and what you two have told me in the past. But, you know, for people who aren't familiar with the Aviv Clinic down there in Florida, would you mind kind of filling them in a little bit about what it is and what the uh, amazing things that you guys do down there are? Yeah, sure. So, you know, at Aviv, we like to say we're the world leader in brain and body performance. And, um, you know, it's an interdisciplinary clinic and program that looks at an individual in terms of their cognition, their cardiovascular performance, their physical performance, um, even down to their genetic performance and cellular performance. So when somebody comes through, 
it always starts with a general consultation just to see what they're looking to achieve. You know, we're located in Central Florida here in the United States um, in an area called the Villages. So for those of you who don't know what the Villages is, I had no idea what it was either until I got here. Um, it's the largest retirement community in the United States. And to say community does, it doesn't do it justice. It spans three counties. It's over 175,000 people, going to grow to 250,000. Um, it's actually, I just saw a report. It's the second largest growing city in the United States. That's incredible. Um, wow. So would you say that you two primarily see more of a older adult population because of that? Or do you see more younger athletes? Or what is it that you guys typically see at Aviv as far as like age and demographics go? Yeah, you know, traditionally, most of our clients are above the age of 18. But we do have some athletes um, and some people in the pediatric level. Uh, because of where we're located, you know, at least half our patients are retired, you know, people 55 plus, but because of what we do and how we do it, we attract people from all over the United States and the world for athletic performance or neurological performance. And, um, so half our patients are athletes, whether they're current or retired, uh, people who are amateur athletes try to improve their triathlon times or, you know or cognitive performance for that matter. If you're somebody in the boardroom and you want to keep that edge cognitively, um, that's a lot of you know clientele that we see here as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You mentioned sports, you mentioned cognition, um, you mentioned neurologic. What's the main goal of the Aviv program? Uh, what's the main goal and what kind of modality type treatment type stuff are you guys using? Yeah, um, the main goal is we want to assess what has happened to your brain and body thus far. Um, so we do a very rigorous assessment that we can go into. Um, but once we identify that, you know, everybody has changes, whether it's the healthy aging process or a traumatic brain injury or an injury, you know, in the muscle. But when we assess the level of damage, the cause of it, then we actually progress somebody to a treatment. And our treatment involves something called hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which has been around for hundreds of years, but with the protocol that we administered, it's been under development and uh, perfection over the last 15 years, um, which all started in Tel Aviv, Israel with Dr. Shai Afradi. Um, so our program uses hyperbaric oxygen to create a physiologic change in the body, but people will get to see our exercise physiology team, our physical therapy team, the medical staff, the neuropsychological staff as well. Um, so that way we can guide these new changes that we can make with the hyperbaric to the areas of the brain and body that need it. I love that. It's kind of like creating an environment for physiological change and then reinforcing it with exercise and intervention from, as you mentioned before, an interdisciplinary team. I like that yeah. approach a lot. Yeah, we, I mean, we kind of say we redefine the aging process, no matter how old the, how old the individual is. So. Yeah, yeah. Aging gracefully, as they say, right? There's, you know, 80-year-olds running marathons these days. And likewise, there's 50-year-olds who are confined to nursing homes. Um, so it's it's really age is but a number, as they say. Correct. So for the two of you, you know, say I'm a new client and I come into your uh, clinic there. Walk me through the process of what it would be like for me, you know, day one, just initial assessment, what that would look like from both your end, Tim, on the, you know, sports rehab AT side mm -hmm. and Dr. Mo from your end on the medical side. Sure. Um, so, you know, if somebody was to kind of inquire about us, whether they came in person or we did a Zoom consult, um, that is actually a free consultation with me or one of the physicians just to kind of deem suitability for the next steps. Um, but if you are deemed suitable, then we progress to that assessment. Um, from the medical side, we'll do a whole medical intake. 
Um, we do advanced blood work with different biomarkers for inflammation and different you know, biomarkers from different organs. Um, we do a whole cardiovascular assessment with imaging, um, cardiac calcium scoring of the heart. We do advanced brain imaging. So not only will I see structurally what's going on on our specialized MRI, but functionally how it's going with our SPEC scans. Uh, and then we couple that with the neuropsychological testing. So you'll sit with a neuropsychologist and run through a battery of tests to measure your processing speed and your nonverbal, verbal memory, uh, attention, executive function. Tim, yeah, and then over. we and then we come into play with um, various uh, baseline testing, uh, cardiopulmonary exercise testing, CPAT. Uh, we test va balance. We test uh, uh, gait. Test the gait. We have what I call the the super ship of treadmills, a cosmos that we uh, look at gait and balance and and see if there's any deficiencies there and try to tie that in with what we find neurologically with what, what Dr. Mo just talked about. Uh, <clears throat> we look at physical fitness and a, a various battery of tests along those lines. And um, then uh, we have we have discussion about nutrition and diet and see where they were, uh, where they have been with that. And, and we coupled all, all that in with the pre-assessment and everybody sits down and um, goes over the, the client's uh, individual, you know, outcomes from their pre-assessment and uh, Dr. Mo uh, writes up a plan for them for while they're here for the, for the next uh, 12 weeks. And then we institute that plan um, and it's, you know, all inclusive, you know, with the hyperbaric oxygen and then with fitness and strength and conditioning and any physical therapy that's needed, nutritional, uh, nutritional, uh, put into place for, you know, behavior, you know, mod with their behavior, uh, for nutrition. And then also with the neuropsych thing, um, where they do brain games, uh, and the hyperbaric oxygen. And then we couple that with the exercises. So we're coordinated in the exercises with what, what's, uh, been laid out for them by our neuropsychologist. That might be the most holistic and comprehensive assessment process I've ever heard by anyone in the health and medical space. I mean, you've literally got everyone right there. And it sounds like you're checking everything from what's happening, happening structurally to what's happening functionally. I mean, I can't think of anything that you guys miss at all in that assessment. It seems like you get it all. How long does that take you guys to do? Yeah, you know, this is a physician's dream to have all the clinicians <laughs> under one roof to have the client go through all the testing within three days. Um, so each day, they'll be here for about six hours. First day, we'll do a lot of the medical, you know, intake and those kind of tests. Um, day two might be the, the neuropsychological and cognitive and the scans. And then we'll do the physical stuff uh, on day three. Um, we also incorporate what we call whole DNA genome sequencing. So I can see every gene that you have and see how it plays a role with different medical diseases. But we can also see how it plays into your physical fitness and your exercise. You know, somebody should be doing more sprints instead of, uh, you know, long distance or uh, weight training. Um, and we can see that from the genetic analysis. And that even correlates with your diet. Not everybody has to be on the same diet. We tailor it to the blood work, to the intake, and the genetics. So that way, everything is individualized. Yeah, that's interesting. So how would you go about taking that assessment and then tracking progress over time? Do you repeat the uh, entire assessment again? Or do you repeat certain areas? Or what do you look at when you look to like uh, measure progress, I would say? Yeah, that's the beauty of the program being 12 weeks. Um, each day, medically, we're you know doing vital signs, we're doing medical follow-up. So if there's anything medical, we'll follow that up you know pretty much every week. Um, when it comes to the cognitive, they are doing brain exercises inside our hyperbaric oxygen suites. 
So they're inside the hyperbaric oxygen for two hours a day, doing the hyperbaric oxygen protocol, creating that physiologic change, but they're also doing brain exercises while they're in the chamber. So that way they can stimulate the parts of the brain that need the most help, but it also serves as kind of a checkpoint each week because every Friday they'll get a test and we'll compare those and the neuropsychologist will meet with them every two weeks to see how their progress is. Um, in terms of the scans and all the other major heart testing, we actually save that for the very end. So we have an objective comparison pre and post, but even on the physical realm, we do kind of different checkpoints along the way. Yeah, we're fortunate enough to see, see them in one capacity or another at least two to four times a, a week, Dan. So it's ongoing. It's just like if you know, you're being reevaluated every day, but we do the pre-assessments and we do the post-assessments, but in along those, we have the ability um, to change up to change up their their activities as we see fit. So it's again, like like Dr. Mo said, it's it's a nirvana of clinicians being under one roof and everybody being able to collaborate every day for the client's benefit. Right, because as you mentioned, everyone's always within access of each other, which uh, eliminates the need for say a phone call or waiting to hear back from someone. I like that a lot. Uh, Tim, I'm curious on your end there on the physical rehabilitation side and physical training side. Um, I know you mentioned about doing VO2 and gait assessment. Uh, I would imagine you probably also do some strength assessment as well. Walk me through a little bit about what you would be doing on that as far as like gate correctives or strengthening, what would a typical session with your team look like in the yeah, uh, sure. clinics? Well, we are fortunate enough to get a new state-of-the-art piece of equipment called Oxfit XP1. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's, it's like mirror or tonal or on steroids. It's got force plates. It's, it's a four cable system that has over 500 exercises on all apparatus. So we do a movement movement assessment on that. Uh, the client gets to see themselves go through the movement assessment, and that's a five-step movement assessment uh, where they go through that. Then we do a strength assessment. And the strength assessment is pretty simple, Dan, just because of the broad uh, base of our clients. That incorporates a belt uh, squat uh, movement, uh, a pull, and then a push movement. And that's um, that information is all saved on the OxFit. And then we can refer to that each each time that we do that. And then uh, we tailor those movements around those assessments that we have. If they're weak in, on the left, weak on the right, et cetera, uh, look at, it's got the force plate, look where they're shifting their weight biomechanically. Uh, so we're lucky to have that, that information stored that comes up each time. It's quantified. It's gives the, it gives the client information every time they come in and see it. So that's, that's basically our, you know, our assessment as far as that. As far as gait analysis goes, um, we look at where they are and we practice on, we go back and practice on the uh, Cosmos, which has over 21, uh, eight different programs with 21 exercises on each one. And, you know, you could, they have to go around uh, boulders. They have to step over branches. They have to go up a hill. They have to go down the hill. It's all done on the Cosmos. So we can adjust that and work on that in real time with them. So it's almost like having a lab setting, but it allows you to simulate real life and real world situations just in the confines of a controlled setting by the sounds. Yes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So you literally have the ability to assess or check nearly any type of movement or any type of situation someone would have to go through just from the setting that you're currently in. Yeah, we had we had a couple of clients came in and they like to hike. 
and um, uh, they were having a little, you know, they were having some trouble. And we actually re-educated them on stepping and how to step and lifting up their eyes and changing their center of gravity and things were working around that. So they felt more comfortable and more confident and they were to get back to what, what they like to do in accordance with the other treatment with the hyperbaric oxygen and the other things that, that were going on. Right, right. It all comes together in the end. Yeah. Now, as we've been talking, I realize you guys assess a ton of data from what's going on structurally to functionally to physiologically. How do you uh, all work together as a team to take all that data and synthesize it into something? Because I'd imagine there's a lot of different variables and factors mm -hmm. to you know put into consideration there. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's one of the best things about the team approach. Every Monday, we have a two-hour meeting. Uh, to review a new client's pre-assessment. So all that data we get from that first three days of testing, we all get together, present our piece, and then we discuss, okay, how do we take the physical with the cognitive, with the medical, and then come with a care plan that makes the sense to get everybody the best outcomes. Um, but in addition to that, we meet as a team every morning to go over all the current clients to say, hey, client number you know, two is having issues with uh, pain in their knee. Let's see if we need to do something medically to adjust it. And then that way we can rehab it and then get it forward. Um, or, and that applies to everything, uh, whether it's cognitive, physical, medical. We're always on the same page. We're always communicating. And the clients actually all have a wearable device where we are always getting live data from them all the time. So we'll get heart rate, heart rate variability, oxygen, sleep quality, activity levels. So we are always watching, of course, with the client's permission, and, you know, how they're doing with their metrics. So we're always incorporating that into our data and we're re-evaluating each day to see if we need to adjust. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, as we say with data, correlation doesn't always equal causation, but have there been any unique cases for the two of you where you notice one thing and you notice something interesting, um, you know, that kind of corresponds with it or correlates with it in a certain way? Like, has there been anything that you've seen from a brain structure standpoint or a physiological standpoint per se, that's had some carryover into what you see from a functional side or a physical side? Yeah. Um, I can give something from the cognitive standpoint, you know, if uh, we had a client with kind of early stages of dementia and, um, you know, they were at the point where she would be told something one day, but would forget it the next. That's how progressive her dementia was. Um, and midway through the treatment, she was talking to one of the nurses on a Friday and the nurse had a son playing football and said, oh, you know, my son's worried about his football game. It's a championship. And the following Monday, the client came up to the nurse and said, oh, how did your son do on that football game? And she remembered it over the weekend. Well, when we told the husband this, he was ecstatic. And then when we finally did the final scans at the end, we saw improvements in the hippocampus, which is responsible for memory. Um, so that was very correlated with what we saw clinically with what we saw with the testing. Um, and that's just one example from a cognitive standpoint. And there, there's several like that where we have, we have clients come in and they, you know, they can't remember our names initially, Dan. And as the program goes, goes on, they're remembering our names. Um, they also have trouble putting the exercises, sets, reps, everything together. And that, again, that, as the program goes on, and then as, as Dr. Mo describes, you look at the scans and, and you see where they, where they benefit and, and then and they show up. Um, one real simplistic thing or big thing is we have, we have clients come in and they'll complain about, you know, oh, I didn't sleep very well last night. Well, what, what's that mean? Well, I think I was up two, three, four times. Well, we pull up their information and we show them exactly, you know, exactly where that is. 
So then they understand well how important it is with the wearable tech and how to follow that. And that, that gives us ways to, to help, um, you know, uh, target that and give them uh, some antidotes of how, how to best uh, sleep, you know, you know, tell them uh, about changing up their eating habits, changing up their exercise habits so they can help with their sleep. Your interventions are proving results. People are sleeping better. People are, you know, remembering things, even with a progressive neurological diagnosis. And a lot of times with a lot of traditional treatment programs, we don't always have results to show. So it certainly seems that the collaborative approach is a way that I think the majority of healthcare would need to shift to, because at the end of the day, we need better outcomes for our patients. And you guys are certainly delivering them. On the outcomes piece, how long would you say things last? Like, you know, after people finish up at your clinic, I would imagine this is probably a lifestyle shift or a lifestyle change for them. You know, if people leave, do you ever see them again? Or if you see them again, is it more of like just a checkup assessment again, just see where we're at? Or what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so I'll give you two different answers. One from <laughs> our data and our research, all of the protocols that we administer are based on our research and our data. And one of our largest studies, we followed these healthy aging individuals uh, two years after they completed the program. And 97% of them maintained all their cognitive and physiologic improvements two years out. Because what we say is we're making a physiologic change, but we're not stopping the aging process. So you're still going to age, but at least two years out, we have people maintaining all these improvements. So to that effect, when somebody finishes our program and they do their final post-assessment, we follow up with them virtually or by phone every month. And if they continue to wear the wearable, our physiology team can still look, pull up the data and see how they're doing. So when we call the bump and we say, hey, the last two weeks, you haven't been sleeping well, what's going on? We can kind of intervene. But in six months after they complete, they actually come back to repeat some of the tests, uh, mainly the cognitive and physiologic testing and body composition analysis. So that'll be our first checkpoint. Most people actually do better at that six month mark than they do immediately after the program. Because the way our protocol works with the hyperbarics, the main point of the hyperbaric protocol is to stimulate new stem cell production. And our data shows that the stem cells continue to grow after their final dive, after their final session. So when they come back in six months, they were still making stem cells, still having physiologic change. So when we reevaluate, they do better. Now, whether it's six months or six years down the line, if there's a decline or change where we need to intervene, we do have maintenance programs, not as long as the 12-week core program, could be anywhere between two weeks up to eight weeks. Um, and that could be if they're having a decline or they had an injury and they need to recover. We have some athletes that want to tune up before their next competition. So we'll have triathletes come in a month before their, their race and their competition. They'll come in, do four, four weeks of dives, four weeks of treatments, work with the team, and then they usually do better on that, uh, that race. I like that. That's really interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. When Dr. Mo, you know, does his consults and talks to people, they say he obviously tells them that with the hyperbaric oxygen, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have gains. But the people that have the most gains are the ones that do the other things that surround the hyperbaric oxygen as far as uh, continued cognitive, the brain games, uh, brain HQ, the exercise, the fitness, as we know, exercise is a, a, a key uh, cornerstone to, to health and well-being and also nutritional. The people that pick up those things, work hard at those things, have the better outcomes and stay, have longer outcomes than the individuals that just come and, and enjoy the hyperbaric oxygen. Would you two say the 
majority of your clients that come in, are they already working on like exercise, working on diet, that sort of thing? Or we're, and you two or your team, I should say, kind of have to just kind of refine what they're doing? Or would you say it's like all new to them, the whole lifestyle shift and holistic approach? It's like, a, I, I, it's like a bell curve. Yeah. It's like a bell curve. There's there's individuals that haven't done a whole lot and or haven't been able to do a whole lot, Dan, because of you know, it's like COVID or long COVID and things and, or just have been had a sedentary live life. And then in the middle, you got people somewhere in the middle that have done some things and are doing some things. And then you got at the other end that, you know, there's, there's elite athletes, there's exercise fitness fanatics. So I, I would, I would put it like sort of like a bell curve. And I think, and that's where most of our client, you know, they fall in there somewhere. And you've brought you both brought up the hyperbaric oxygen a couple times. Now, I'm certainly not an expert on that. But I remember the first time we met, you had mentioned that your premise for doing it was based on the hypoxia induced factor, which I believe won a Nobel Prize in 2019. So would you mind walking me through just some basics about the hyperbaric oxygen and how the effects or benefits of that carry over into the other um, treatments that you do? For sure. So hyperbaric oxygen has been around for hundreds of years. And I always like to delineate there's medical grade hyperbaric oxygen. And then there are kind of the home tents and home, you know, chambers, the zip up chambers and things that you can buy. You know, what I'm going to describe is really the, the real medical hyperbarics. And what we do is to, to your point, we capitalize on a principle called the hyperoxic hypoxic paradox. And what that means is when you breathe 100% oxygen in a normal room, there's a certain threshold of how high, how high your oxygen level can get. But if you breathe that 100% oxygen in an enclosed atmospheric pressure, and we go to 2.0 atmospheres of pressure, that will increase the oxygen concentration 17 times higher. That's good getting oxygen to the cells that need it. But the key to the hypoxia-induced factor, which won the Nobel Prize, when the body senses a low oxygen state, it's anticipating cell death. And in that anticipation, it's going to try to produce new cells, stem cells. But I can't put people in a low oxygen state because then you're actually going to have cell death and I'll lose my license and that won't be good. But the best thing is this factor gets released when the body thinks it's in a low oxygen state. The way we do that is you breathe 100% oxygen with a mask in a pressurized chamber. So your oxygen level is really high when the mask is on. And when the mask is off, the normal oxygen concentration in the chamber is 21%, just like you're breathing now. So your oxygen level goes to normal when the mask is off, but the body perceives it as a low oxygen state relative to to what you were just breathing for 20 minutes. That triggers the body to produce hypoxia-induced factor, which gets released, and it stimulates stem cell production. It stimulates something called angiogenesis, creation of new blood vessels to get blood to the organs. It also triggers something called mitochondrial biogenesis. We have a study where we took elite athletes and took muscle biopsies. And when you look at the muscles and you see the cells, the mitochondria is the powerhouse for energy metabolism of every cell. And what we saw doing this protocol, we increased the number and quality of those mitochondria that improves their metabolic output. So when we put these elite athletes on CPETs, cardiopulmonary exercise stress tests, we saw improvements in their VO2 max and their anaerobic thresholds and their recovery times. And that's because we're able to do this mitochondrial biogenesis with this protocol. Right. So you're producing physiological adaptation through the hyperbaric and then reinforcing it and pushing towards even more physiological adaptation through the training uh, with people like Tim and his team there. Right. You know, everybody should exercise. Everybody should eat well. Everybody should sleep well. But when you do those things in a really 
advantageous physiologic change or environment with the hyperbaric protocol, you're getting a better bang for your buck with every workout and every lifestyle change you make. Right. And, you know, again, as we've been talking, I realized that you cover everything. And as you mentioned, it takes a little bit of time to do that. Your initial assessment, you said, was about six hours a day across three days. How long do your follow-up appointment or follow-up sessions last? And how does that differentiate between the time in the hyperbaric versus the time with Tim and his team? Yeah, that's a good question. So after that three-day assessment, a week later, we'll sit down together and review everything. And if you wanted to start right away, you could start the next day with your dives, as we call it. And you would be inside the hyperbaric oxygen chamber two hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday for 12 weeks, totaling 60 sessions or 60 dives. But in addition to those two hours in the chamber, you'll probably have at least an hour of appointments outside of the chamber, but in the clinic. And part of that will be with Tim and his team. Part of it might be for medical follow-up, uh, neuropsychological follow-up, or even uh, the dietary follow-up. Walk me through a little bit on that hour from the physical side with your team there, Tim. Uh, is that a one-on-one -on -one approach? How do you delineate between the PT, the AT, you know, who gets uh, the client each day, I would say? Uh, the way you know that we delineate is what we discussed, me, uh, sitting down as a, as a total care team, looking mm -hmm. at after the assessment and assessing what that individual needs. And it is a one-on-one. -on -one. It's a where it'd be a one-on-one. -on -one with us as far as myself as an athletic trainer or one of the exercise physiologists working in strength and condition conditioning uh, with their fitness with if, say somebody has a shoulder issue and and Dr. Mo thinks they can benefit by physical therapy. We have two physical therapists that are here as well in the clinic every day. They would work with them for anywhere from a half an hour to an hour depending upon their situation. Um, we also have, uh, uh, we have where we're putting them under stress on the treadmill and they have to perform brain games uh, and with light, we call what he sim with light recognition and, and recognizing as their body's under stress, cardiovascularly they're under stress, they're putting, we're putting their brain under stress to make split uh, second decisions with help with all the things that Dr. Mo described. So <clears throat> it could be with us two to three times a week with strength and conditioning, concentrating on core balance, posture, uh, muscle hypertrophy. Uh, you know, it's, you know, Dan, it's hard to put to have muscle hypertrophy. It's hard to put on lean muscle mass. And especially as, you know, as some of our clients are a little bit older, we like to tell them we want them to maintain, you know, and flip their body comp and maintain their muscle mass and try to put on maybe 1%, you know, hopefully maybe 2% some through the program of muscle. And that's, that's a lot of their goals to do that. So we work on those things based on their, based on their assessments again. I know we talked about some of the benefits of the hyperbaric oxygen therapy earlier, but Tim, have you seen any difference in muscle hypertrophy adaptations uh, since you've been using the hyperbaric oxygen as compared to without, or is that a little bit, I would say, different of a benefit, I would say? No, I think, you know, it goes back to what we talked about before, you know, proper exercise, proper nutrition, and proper rest. And one of the things when I first met Dr. Afradi, um, when I first got here as we hit the thing about recovery so the hyperbaric oxygen is huge with recovery because of the th things that have been discussed and they do because they get proper recovery they feel better they don't have as much inflammation as much pain they'll be able they're able to to perform the exercise better and then come back and and um and do well with those exercises and then progress among those exercise regimes i would say the under recovery monster as you 
both know kills a lot of people's gains. Um, that's probably the most bro science way I could put it. It kills yeah. gains. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we have a lot of people who they're trying to sneak their workouts in where they can. And unfortunately, life gets busy. So things like proper warm up, proper cool down, or adequate recovery tend to get skipped or, you know, just pushed to the wayside for, uh, you know, speaking in general. So anything we can do to help emphasize proper recovery, I think is a good thing, as you both have mentioned. Now, again, this is probably the most comprehensive, complete program I've ever seen from a health and medical standpoint. Now, the million dollar question, just like buying a car, what does it cost? <laughs> so, you know, it depending on what part of the program you want to, you know, kind of dive into. Um, we have that assessment, that three-day assessment with, you know, all the testing, that could be $6,500. Um, if you were to do everything, everything you could possibly do with our program, from the assessments, hyperbarics, all the appointments, the six-month follow-up, um, and everything in between, that is $51,500 uh, for an individual or $45,000 per person if you did it with a family member or friend or couple. Um, but that is kind of the full, full, all-in everything. We do have an athletic performance one where instead of 12 weeks of treatment, it's eight weeks. Um, and that's really geared for athletes that are there for the recovery or kind of uh, you know, tuning up for a major you know, competition. That is, I believe, $36,000. Yeah. And the thing is, that's more of an investment than anything, right? Because as you mentioned before, you're literally showing positive long-term data for individuals' health. So while it might seem like a little bit upfront, that might probably save you quite a bit in future healthcare expenses in the long run. Yep. You, you, you took it right out of my, one of my but... presentations. I have an <laughs> investing in your health presentation right. where I show a graph, the cost of healthcare, uh, you know, as you age is all at the end of your life. And it's well more than the cost of our program. And if you can invest early on upfront, as you put it, you can deter a lot of those costs later on. And frankly, enjoy the benefits of that, you know, you know, having a good, healthy lifestyle and good physiologic performance. Yeah. And it also would, I would say, give you more time too. I don't think it's necessarily possible to, you know, tell you how long someone is going to live and then tell you how long they're going to live after a certain intervention. Um, but I'm just thinking about some of the older adults that I know that spend a lot of time in a doctor's office waiting for an appointment or hunting down a pharmaceutical medication or something along those lines. Like you basically reclaim your time later in life when you, uh, you're short on it, I would say. Yeah. And, and you're right. There's no test to tell me, you know, you're supposed to die at 114 and I'm supposed to die at 97. But there is a test that we didn't really talk about. That's part of the assessment that helps us see the longevity of your cells. Um, and that's something called telomere measurement. So telomeres are caps on the ends of your chromosomes. And as we age, they get shorter and shorter until they get to a critical short point where it sends a signal to that healthy cell. Hey, I'm not here to protect you from that potential damage of cell replication. So it goes from a healthy productive cell into an aged senescent cell. Senescent cells build up as we age. And the problem with them is they cause pro-inflammatory markers and they cause a lot of our age-related chronic diseases and some cancers as well. So we actually measure your telomere length as well as your senescent cell count before you start. And we do it again at the end. And our studies end every day, we're showing it that we have on average a 37% increase in length of the telomeres, as well as a decrease in the senescent count. And if you extrapolate the rate of decline of those telomeres, lengthening them by 37% is like reversing the age of that cell by 25 years. 
So I know the next question is, no, I'm not going to make you 25 years younger. <laughs> but if I can make your cells stay in the healthy stage for 25 more years instead of that damaging senescent stage, that will help your health span in addition to, you know, thinking about your lifespan. So you have basically found the fountain of youth then, the holy grail, right? You know, I, I get that question a lot. And I like to say we, we don't have the fountain of youth. That's, you know, storytelling and that's myth. But the data shows that we actually have the ability to change the longevity and your health span on a cellular level. That's incredible. That's downright amazing. I mean, I just kind of marvel at the thought of that, especially because I'm a young guy right now and I'm just hearing this and I'm like, hey, may maybe I'll live to 120, 130 and not just live that long, but just the overall quality of life at that point too is just incredible to think about. So we actually um, just finished a couple of weeks ago, we have something called our aging consortium. Mm -hmm. And this is um, a group of doctors and scientists and researchers from across the United States and the world um, that have come together with us and our program and talked about, okay, what is the latest in terms of aging medicine? And, you know, coming from this last meeting that we had, the human body is actually meant to live up to about 114 years old. And over, you know, the human history, it was the saber-toothed tiger that killed us. And then it was bacteria and cholera and those kind of things. Uh, and then wars and other things. But now, other than COVID, what's killing us is actually our lifestyle. And it's our lifestyle that's making us die at 78 instead of 114. So if you can target that as early as you and your age, Dan, targeting the physiology, the lifestyle modification with exercise, diet, sleep, cognitive stimulation, that is the goal. Every person that is born year after year will have a new life expectancy because of the advances we're making. And now we have to advance our lifestyle and how we treat it. Yeah, I like that a lot. And you are certainly working hard to advance the lifestyle of people there at Aviv. I mean, the technology that you outlined and the interventions you're doing are incredible. How do the two of you go about, I would say, practicing what you preach? Because obviously, there's a lot of benefits to this stuff. And I would imagine the two of you probably take advantage of that from time to time. Um, I have two young children, three years old and one and a half. So my advice to most people is don't have kids. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids and they're a blessing and, and they've taught me a lot. Um, but in general, what I'm saying is I have the science answer and I have the practical answer. You know, I'm a young father and I have young kids and I, I exercise when I can. But, you know, that's a little bit harder to control time-wise. But one thing I can control is how I eat when I eat. Um, so I, I subscribe to something called intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. Um, I do a 16-8 model where I'm fasting for 16 hours and I eat within an eight-hour window. Um, and, you know, coming from this aging consortium meeting that we had, this is validated with a lot of different scientists and researchers where that can really help on a cellular level, um, your metabolism and your energy output. Um, so that's something I can do simply every day. I've been in the health fitness you know, all my life grew up in it. So I've exercise, I know exercise is important, Dan. So, you know, I try to try to be a living example. So I, my workouts are every morning and always have been every morning to get, get my metabolism started, my day started, my mind focused correctly. So I, I and I've always uh, worked on, I have to be able to at least do one rep of any exercise that I'm going to show a client or an athlete or stuff, because I have to be able, you know, you know, see a, pic, a picture's worth a thousand words. So I, you know, 
obviously, obviously as I get older, it's, it becomes a little bit harder, but I still, so I still try to do that. So with our clients who come in here, I have to demonstrate, I want to make sure I demonstrate of the appropriate way to do it. So that's how kind of, you know, how I, how I see the approach to it, you know, and eating is important. And, you know, I, I, because of my activity level, I go 12, 12, I'm going to make sure that I don't, you know, my fasting is a 12 hour thing. So I get done eating early in the evening and I'm not eating, you know, you know, there's four hours before I go to bed, you know, so my, my stomach's emptied and things along those lines. So it's just a total fitness model. And I think we, we have to be the example, you know, I have to be the example here for our clients. And I think, and I think they respect that. Definitely. That's a big key to leadership is leading by example and taking action. And I love that both of you do that. And I'm sure the rest of the Aviv team does the same thing based on what you've told me in the past. As we start to wrap up here, do the, either of you have any kind of closing thoughts, closing <clears throat> remarks, or anything that we might have missed in our discussion today? Um, I mean, I have a general piece of advice for everybody I talk to. And you know, everybody has their pillars of, of health. And I have my five pillars, very similar to a lot of people. But you have to eat right for you. So, you know, 12, 12, 16, eight, it, those are the right things for each of us. Um, Mediterranean diet could be right for you. Keto could be right for somebody else. You have to eat right for you. You have to exercise right for you. You mentioned, you know, under recovery, that exercising right is not just about the amount, but how much you have in between and doing things so you're not injuring yourself. Number three is sleep well. Um, and it's not the amount of hours of sleep necessarily, but it is the quality of sleep. So if you're at risk for sleep apnea, if you have bad sleep hygiene, those things need to be addressed. Um, number four is engage and challenge your brain. If you don't use it, you lose it. We apply that to muscles, but it's more applicable to the brain. You have to engage it. Now, being busy at work is one form of engagement, but you need to throw a curveball, learn a new language, learn a new skill, do something different, make your, your brain adapt. That adaptability activity is related to neuroplasticity. And if you can do more of those kind of activities, that will help your brain health. And then the final one is always the hardest, manage your stress appropriately. <laughs> I had one client tell me, oh, I'm not stressed at all. I was like, oh, tell me your secret. I have two bottles of wine every night. And it's like, no, that's not appropriate stress management. <laughs> um, you know, it could be different from everybody, meditation, prayer, exercise, family, whatever it is. Um, but if you can manage your stress appropriately, hormonally um, and metabolically, that can make a lot of benefit, not just at that point, but, you know, going forward. Can't build on that any better, except ounce of professions worth a pound of cure. You know, you, we've, we talked about that and Dr. Mo said on the backside. So, I mean, I think it's, that's everything that we do is, is, is in the prevention mode. So. Yeah, definitely. Ultimately uh, it's probably one of the best investments, if not the best investment you can make in understanding where you currently are in a full body health state and then from there, learning what you can do to help keep yourself at a better state. Um, you know, as you were talking earlier about the taking 25 years off the telomere, I was just kind of like, wow, he's just like hitting the reset button on the body. That's amazing. Um, Dr. Mo, Tim, for people who want to find out more about Aviv or the two of you, where can they find you online at? Yeah, uh, the best way is our website, aviv-clinics.com. So it's A-V-I-V-C-L-I-N-C-S com. That's our website. Um, on Instagram, if you have Instagram followers, I'm Dr. Underscore Mo Underscore Elamir, E-L-A-M-I-R. Um, so you can always message me there. Um, but I encourage anybody that's interested um, on our website, you just do contact us and you can have that Zoom or in-person conversation with me and that's for free. Um, I'm happy to talk about our program, about your health, 
Um, I'm from New Jersey. If you want to talk about New Jersey, I'm happy to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, are you still in the MySpace generation or? <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> Facebook's always good. No. <laughs> no. So yeah, we're good. All right. Awesome. Well, appreciate both of your times uh, today. Thank you again. All right. Thank you, Dan. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.